spectacular uh, once in a season, once in like, yeah, no, yeah. I guess once in a season is as how often uh, Carlos gets to win a race, right? Because didn't he didn't it's, he win uh, Silverstone? He did last yeah. year. Uh, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, well, I'll get into it. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. When we yeah, get into yeah, it, yeah, but as far as it, I'm yeah. concerned. This is just the way everything's going to be from now on. This is it. This is my new reality that I'm accepting. Oh, real? Okay. That's it. I've already, yeah, I've already accepted it. All right. Okay. There's just no, you know. Okay. Oh, that's. I don't think you're incorrect, but I hope. I, I think hope I'm you're incorrect, not. but but oh, yeah. I'm still uh, I'm still accepting it anyways. Can you hear me perfectly? Am I exactly where I need to you be? Sound. With you sound. You you're exactly where you need to be. I've never seen the waveforms move this fast before. I don't understand why they're always slightly different, but they're responding in real time, right? Accurately in real time, but they're yeah. moving like you know faster than an Acela train cruising down that that timeline real mm. real fast. I don't. I just don't understand. Why Zencaster has to be potentially the only working platform, and yet is still a completely unpredictable somehow heap of garbage. Yeah. Speaking speaking of, I'm gonna that's that's my cue to set up my backup record. Oh yeah, let's just get that get that going. Get that bad boy cooking. Let's nice. see here. Oh, and I don't have like any yeah. of my sound dampening Boom. stuff up right now either. Up, but up, up, up. But I don't care. You sound great. You sound like you are dialing into this podcast from the inside of a sleeping bag. Oh, that's amazing. This is what I'm going from the for. bottom of a sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah, not, not even peeking my head out from the top. Yeah, I'm no, like, your feet are out the top yeah, of worm the sleeping style. bag. Yeah. And people are, yeah, people are trying to figure out what's going on and why is there like an approximate laptop glow. And a ton of USB wires going into that sleeping bag. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Well, um, what a what an epic. Hey, cheers, buddy. Cheers. If you can. Cheers. Yeah, yeah cheers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are we doing? This is a particularly momentous episode. Yeah. Yeah. Of the F1 files. Yes. I'd like to thank our audience for joining us mm -hmm. today. It is a incredibly special occasion mm -hmm. for two separate reasons that are also the same reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Today we witnessed in the year of our Lord, 2023, yes. a Formula One race <laughs> Where Max Verstappen mm -hmm. did not win the race. Oh. Where no Red Bull won the race. Yeah. Where no Red Bull was even on the podium. Mm -hmm. And for that alone, it is an incredibly special day. Yeah. To add on top of that, not like a cherry on top, but like a cherry-infused force-multiplying situation here. The race was won 
by none other. Mm-hmm. Can you say, it, Corey? Because this is this is like right here. Like I'm I'm a huge fan. I think you're an even slightly huger yeah. fan, and yeah. I think my fandom for this for this driver was uh, probably sparked by your enthusiasm, mm-hmm. folks. We finally had Carlos Carlito Sainz Jr. win a Formula One race, dominating. Just dominating the whole weekend. The whole weekend, Ferrari crushing it. Absolutely crushing it. And the person who led that charge, the tip of the spear, the man who took control of his entire race and the entire, oh, the entire Grand Prix up until one Mm. kind Mm. of vague, like maybe just the tiniest little bit of like shittery sprinkled in at the end. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just being like, my front tires are gone. Buddy, they may have been gone, but you took control of that race. You took both of those Red Bulls, like their failed opportunity to convert any part of their weekend into like a Ferrari-dominated weekend. And we still did have Ferrari make a, a, a you know a couple of uh, you know questionable choices here, uh, and maybe if Leclerc took a little bit more control of his pit stop charge during the virtual safety car he could have been a little bit closer i don't want to hear any of it yeah 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 yeah. No, ladies I, and no, gentlemen no, yeah, no 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 this I, is yeah, the yeah. day yes, yes this is this is it this is the day where red bull lost yes and carlito won you could drop the intro right there that's it <laughs> Welcome to the F1 Files. This is a Formula One podcast. Yeah. Hosted by two childhood best friends Ugh. who love Formula One. So love much. talking about the our just our general excitement oh. around the sport. And what a day. What, what a day to be. What a day. This what a day to be a fan. And I and I love how it's universally felt. This is yeah. like Yeah. This is like, you know, like I feel like across the Formula One community, we're all dancing and singing in our Ewok village. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And it's it's just it's so uh, it's so beautiful. What it's a, what a wonderful, uh, it's wonderful occasion. The most, um, most momentous occasion possible. I mean, oh, just oh, it felt so good. It felt so good. And the weekend was just a light with all sorts of other wonderful things that happen. I think this, uh, I'm sorry, but this does prove the perfect point of like, there is a formula one and then there's a, like a formula no max and like Mm -hmm. formula no max is way better than the current state of formula one. As soon as Max Verstappen has been like kneecapped in any way, shape or form, it, the, there's somehow a way that things are taken like to another level throughout the whole weekend. It was just oh, uh, oh. incredible. And and yeah, lots of, I mean, it, I don't know, like I'm just trying to like even think of all the exciting things that mm-hmm. we witnessed. We got to see uh, for the final chapter of the race, we got to see four 
cars yeah. battling for first place. Four cars not that the all podium. had a chance. Not just the podium, but for first place. Any of those four cars could have gotten the top step of that podium. We had on the last lap, we had a podium position change Mm -hmm. on the last lap. Yeah. At the almost at the end of the last lap. Yeah. Mind blowing. We had uh, three different teams on the podium. Mm -hmm. We had other excellent drives put in. We had. Liam Lawson in his third race ever. Yep. Get points. Yep. Scored scored two Formula One World Championship points. Not just one. Two. <laughs> we heard we heard two separate drivers over the radio scream no yeah. as their cars failed them or just as yeah, their or as their they cars failed were their cars. Disarray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. they failed yeah. their cars. Yeah. Uh the race had it all. Uh, we had yeah. we had cranky looking faces on Christian Horner. Mm-hmm. We also had this amazing thing of like it's almost the same as when Red Bull were way out in the front. Yeah, as it was when they were sort of trapped in the midfield. The cameras were like barely on either of the Red Bull cars. Mm-hmm during the race and it was it was that sort of sensation that like you could imagine that they don't they don't exist it it's, was yeah it was as if was we glorious. all put on like that it's like we had a pa- all all of us put on a like pair of glasses that prevented us from like seeing red bull or like their accomplishments but like we're all keenly aware of like why it was so important because another team that we just weren't going yeah. to like deal with or like give any sort of accolades towards or for uh oh it was <laughs> this was magical this was a magical weekend if you are an F1 fan new or old this is what is available to us this is the potential that has yeah. been like absolutely squandered for this entire season and not because like i mean yeah red bull's just that good they are that good and like it was it was acknowledged a couple of times even in like the the interviews after the race that red bull does deserve their flowers but hey (laughs) they screwed up this weekend and it was so sweet to watch everyone take advantage of this there were inter-team alliances like there, there we we yeah. saw Carlando get we saw the, together. We saw the power of friendship. Yeah, yeah, the power of friendship, friendship alone up. on oh. the track. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty beautiful. All right, let's let's start there. Let's just talk about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so uh, there's a lot to talk about with Carlos Sainz. Yeah, in general. Yeah having his way with this race. Mm -hmm. But I think the standout aspect in everybody's mind right now is that as Carlito's Carlito's way, Carlito's way, as Carlito had his way (laughs) with this race, (laughs) he in the late stages of this race, Mm -hmm. we've got these two Mercedes who, Took a very daring 
bold yeah. and powerful strategy play into their hands. Yep. And we can we could talk more about that. Come up and carve their way through the field and coming towards Carlos with Lando Norris behind him with his old teammate and close pal. Yeah. We've got Carlos and Lando, aka Carlando. Yeah. Running first and second. And these two Mercedes coming up like absolute demons mm -hmm. with the freshest tires able to take advantage of this situation. Yeah. And Carlos plays this game where he stays just as close to under one second ahead of Lando Norris. Yep. Which grants Lando Norris the ability to have his DRS open and to have a much easier time defending from whichever of the Mercedes wants to come mm -hmm. nipping at his heels. And th this could have been, this was just, you know, Carlito just struggling to stay afloat. Yeah. But there was a radio communication that we heard mm -hmm. oh, where yeah. an engineer, I was surprised that they were even this literal about it over the radio, but the, the engineer was like, Hey, you know, like this is your split time to, to Lando Norris, you know, he's coming after you. Yeah. And Carlito just, just straight up is just like, it's on yes, purpose. This it's on purpose. This is, you know, it was so like such a, I mean, uh, the, uh, this was poetic. It was cinematic. It's a beautiful race. It was just, just so wonderful. Uh, I imagine it was also like a blossoming of, of yeah. Carlos signs. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Him like getting pole last, uh, at, at the last Grand Prix at Monza, getting out there and really showing up, being on the podium at Monza, being like kind of like the ascendancy of Carlos signs within Ferrari here. Uh, also huge shout out to Frederick Vassor, who was on that podium receiving mm -hmm. the constructors championship yep. uh, trophy as a Ferrari principal for the first time. Uh, the only yep. person to break Red Bull's dominance all season. Once again, we had yep. a Ferrari team sneak and eke out a win in a season where we could have had one team dominating the entire season. And this was, I, I don't remember what year it was, but it was McLaren and Ferrari was able to do it then. And they did it again this year. Yep. And it was just, it's such a, I loved it. Um, there was at the end of that, it felt like when like the, the end of a movie, when like, Two heroes who are kind of like at odds a little bit, who don't really like each other, but like have a history together. Uh, and like they have like a like a grudging. All I want to do is make like Star Wars references here, um, almost like a a, a Lando Calrissian uh, and like Luke Skywalker mm -hmm. or Harrison Ford as uh, his uh, his Han Solo character. Like how they like kind of come together and are like, all right, fine, it's... we'll work together to defeat a greater good and or to defeat an evil. In this case, like Mercedes is the evil, whatever. Uh, I don't. That's why I was like reluctant to use this analogy. 
but still, yeah. Um, it all it all plays beautifully, and I like for me it it like it struck such a chord with me, and I think part of this is because of the way that I've always perceived mm-hmm. uh, Carlito. Yeah. Um, I I think of him as you know uh, if being flustered. Uh, being the guy who's in the pit lane after the race and being told that he has a penalty and you just see like his like face oh, drop, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the person who's, you know, calling over the radio saying that Sergio Perez should stop intimidating him or to shouting at his team to stop inventing. Yeah. And, and whatnot. And like, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and maybe it's just, maybe it's just because he's like, you know, has, beautiful hair and whatnot mm-hmm. that like i think i've just sort of projected onto him this almost like ditzy quality yeah. that you know doesn't impede on his ability to be an incredible racer just seems you know like maybe not the you know wisest you know 4d chess playing uh blade in the drawer but man yeah this move like to have it so calm and under control like this it felt to me like some like Alonzo style yeah. Yeah. wisdom well, he, at play. He like called for his he called for sector times from his engineer like the last like ten laps of the race. Basically, he was like, Hey, I need to know Norris's uh sector and lap times for the rest of the race, every lap. Like he just like Hmm. said it outright and it was a broadcast. It was on like the, the, the world feed. And I was like, Oh wow. That was like pretty demanding. But then after that, watching the last like 10 laps play out where he was like, Oh, I'm basically using like my, like an opponent as a weapon against a stronger opponent who will absolutely march through. And this is like kind of why Lewis was so like frustrated. You could like see his frustration after the race, like in the interviews and like hearing him on the radio. Like I, you know, did the whole, like listen to his radio, the whole race. And it was wonderful to listen to those communications. But if they had that him and Bono back and forth, were like, yeah, if we had one more lap, if this grand prix, had gone one more lap like Lewis absolutely would have won it. He was in a much faster car. He was in well not even a faster car just in like a better condition to win that race than yeah anybody else including his teammate. Um ah oh, there was so, so let's let's talk about so, George Russell mm-hmm. and his final lap incident. Yeah, in third place ahead of Hamilton, and and Hamilton's fighting even to try and get past him. This yeah. circuit is almost impossible to do any passing on. Hamilton is fighting tooth and nail to try and get in there, yeah, and get around his teammate, but it's it's very very difficult. Russell is trying everything he can because it does feel like, and I don't know why it just. I don't know why it just was in the air that like if you get around Lando, you get you'll immediately get around yeah. Carlos and you'll get first place yeah. and you'll win the race. Yeah. And so everybody's got this drive, this intensity to to make that happen. And in that final lap, mm-hmm. Russell uh he's right behind Lando. 
And it was easy to miss the first time around, but when you see the replays, you can see yeah. Lando just barely grazes the wall. Yeah. Just like with his his right tires. Like full yeah, like makes contact just as basically as the the idea with F one cars is you try to like quote unquote open up the corner when uh, uh like better than anyone else uh on uh, a race line. It's just a thing that F1 cars are able to do. They can brake later. They can turn harder. And one of the ways that these F1 cars do that is they will, instead of like turning left into a corner, just before the corner starts, they will like turn a little bit right and then yank the wheel as hard as they can after like they've like started to ease off the brakes. And one of the results of that on a street course like this is there's a wall right there and Lando just barely hits it like, but doesn't hit it right where the, like basically like hits it on like the back half of his rear tire. Like if you were to split a tire vertically, the, the back half of the tire is like what hit with Lando. So it didn't totally ruin his suspension it like bent the that rear axle like a tiny little bit. It's like you can go back and see footage of Lando coming across the finish line and his car is like crab walking a little bit. Like you can just see the rear mm. right side of it just like tweaked out a little bit further than it should, but it was still operational. But George got he took that as like, oh, that's the racing line and just followed Lando's racing line, but he did it a little bit earlier because he thought, oh, I can just like make that. I can take that a, 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 like a fraction of a centimeter out further. And it's like, no, dude, he took it to the maximum. He literally took it to the maximum. It was his last lap. Yep. That was the only way to take that corner and successfully complete that race in the position that you were in. And George hit it. And then just went like straight ahead. Like he had no chance of making it. It looked that like turn. he maybe damaged uh damaged the car. I think he oh, damaged yeah. like one of the the suspension pretty oh, yeah. badly with that tap yep. on the wall, and then the and then the car just wouldn't turn in. And this so this immediately in the moment mm-hmm. uh brought to mind some wisdom that was imparted oh. onto me let's by hear uh by by my father. By by Phil Lepore. All right, let's hear it. Uh, who uh, spent many years as a, a racing instructor, uh, certainly not in Formula One, uh, in in the most in a much more casual of atmospheres. But I had the distinct pleasure, numerous times in my life, of uh, driving my own car around a track with mm-hmm. my father sitting in the passenger seat, uh, giving me instruction, giving me guidance. And, uh, while on one occasion, uh, probably more than one occasion, Mm -hmm. I'd get into this sort of frenzy trying to chase down another car on the track car that I feel like I've got an opportunity to get up close to and make my way around. Mm -hmm. And in doing that and being a, you know, a younger man, maybe being a little impatient, maybe being a little frazzled, maybe it's getting a little like later in the day at the track 
and my mental stamina isn't where it should be. Mm -hmm. You get into this sort of trance where you're just like, you're just on that car ahead of you. Yeah. And you just, and you're locked onto it and you're fixated on it. Yeah. And you just start without even realizing it, you start following that car mm-hmm. no matter what they do. Yeah. And, and my dad would, you know, he, you know, he would turn to me or he'd, you know, like punch me in the shoulder or something and just, and he would say, don't, don't drive their car, drive yours. Oh, I would say, you know, cut it out. You're driving, you're dri- you're trying to drive their car. Don't do, like you, if you do what they do, mm-hmm. you'll never get closer to them. You'll never reel them in. You'll never, you know, pull in. They're, they're driving. Ter- they're making mistakes. I'm watching everything that they're doing wrong. Yeah. And like a sucker, you're just you're just following in their footsteps. And when they weren't in front of you, you weren't doing that. You were fine. You know yeah. what you're doing out here. Yeah. But now that you're fixated, and I think in that moment, George was he was desperate. So he was perfect. intense. And I think he was he was trying to drive Lando's car. That's so perfect. And yeah. 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 And George, George drove so well and took so many risks all weekend long. I mean, watching his car in like free practice too, I was like, oh boy, if someone's going to crash right now, it is going to be George Russell. And then he didn't crash. And like the weekend was like pretty clean for him up until that point. Um, But back to the suspension, the breaking of suspension thing. So, this is something that would like really stuck out to me because I hadn't really thought about this um, in, in like a like in a long time. But back in the day when like we were watching F one as like you know as like young youngins, uh, they didn't have the <laughs> same crash structures. That's why like the cars were like smaller and all that stuff. And Martin Brundle brought this up a couple of times after Lance Stroll had like a catastrophic crash in qualifying, where it made it it was such a bad crash that he didn't end up participating in the race itself. Like we only had 19 cars on that starting grid this weekend because Lance Stroll woke up and was like, yeah, I can't race after what just happened to me. So he had an accident in pretty much that same corner, but had it in like a different way. Uh, And Martin Brundle was like, it's amazing what they've done with those monocoques now that like the survival cells are completely intact. And I was like, Oh yeah, no, it's like, so yeah, it's so cool to like have that. And then he was like, yeah, there used to be suspension components that would just come through and break your legs. And I, John, I had like never exactly John. Yeah. I had never thought about this, that there could just be multiple like, titanium and carbon fiber like shattered carbon fiber suspension components that then punched through those cockpits and then would just like (laughs) go up through your like no you can't you can't move shattered carbon fiber is not like it's not even shrapnel it's like shrapnel that is ninja stars like it's 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 so Uh, bad it's so 
Oh man. Absolutely horrified. And like he brought it up and was like, yeah, no, it's like really good that there's been, you know, technology that is like reinforced these cockpits. And then like, I was like sitting there kind of like, like mouth agape for like the next five minutes while they're rebuilding the tech pro barriers and other conversations are happening. And then he's just like, yeah, you know, cause it just, it was so bad when that used to happen. And it like, he could, like he could not let it go. Yeah. And all like us just think, just thinking about it is like horrifying. Imagine spending your whole career with being like, oh, yeah, one of the risks is like, I might just have like, I'm like thinking about that game where like they, where you, you have to like put this, this, like uh, the thing that when we were growing up, it was like the cylinder, the clear plastic cylinder, and then you put the metal skewers through. Or the oh yeah, the, 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 the marbles, the marbles on top. The, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah that's yeah. all I can think about is just like immediate that like Martin Brundle hanging upside down <laughs> inside that <laughs> cylinder while people are <laughs> jabbing like uh, bar- bar- metal oh, barbecue skewers through there trying to. Oh, yeah, just uh, that's. It's that, yeah, I mean that's that's it, man. Uh, it's it is the the modern uh, the the science and engineering that goes into the modern safety of these cars is yeah, uh, it's, it's incredible, spectacular. So, it's absolutely amazing, yeah. and like you know, wonderful that like uh, Lance Stroll, Russell, by the way, walked away, literally wa- got out and walked yeah, away from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just just to let this this is the why yep. we can like laugh about it, not laugh about it, but kind of like make light of it is because. He's okay. He survived. He quite literally walked out and waved yeah. to the crowd. He didn't need to get taken out on a stretcher. Nothing horrible happened to him. He just woke up the next day yep. and was like, I'm way too beat up from that to go and race that. My confidence is destroyed, too. I mean, that's part. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a big part of it is like when you have a crash like that, ugh, watching that, like I was All like, right. anyways. While we're while we're in uh, the Aston Martin territory, yeah, I just want to note we do have a little we do have a little glimmer, mm-hmm. a little sign, a little signal, a little shark fin beginning to poke up above the the surface of the water. Yep, that Dark Alonso is mm-hmm. is rising. Mm-hmm. Dark Alon the the rise of Dark Alonso is maybe begun. It's it's uh, the build we're we're in the building, and it's just this like swirl of like leaves, just doesn't look quite right <laughs> as it's like going by. You can you can hear you can hear kids somewhere outside the warehouse singing "Ring Around the Rosie" like yeah, yeah, with, with a creepy echo on yep. it. Yep. Yep. Oh God. Yeah. He he. Yeah. He did say the phrase. This car is undrivable over the radio openly he said it yeah it happens the in if you've Mm -hmm. heard that phrase before as a fernando alonso fan you know exactly what that means which is like oh the mask has slipped this car has actually been quite undrivable for a while it's just he is now like i have to say this out loud because my own vanity and my own ego like look at what i'm doing look look what's happening I'm trying so hard and I'm getting nothing. So mm-hmm. yeah, we are seeing, we're seeing the mask. It's, it has slipped briefly. I love it. I love it. Oh, I, I love it. It's wonderful. I mean, 
uh, the pit stop. I hope we happened. see a full activation before the end of the season. Maybe. I think, John, I think that pit stop may have been like the full activation. Did you see the bungling? Yeah, I completely forgot about that pit stop. That was that was two wheels that they were struggling. They took the front jack away from the car before they even like bolted the tires on. Like Oh, so that was that what it was was they pulled the jack out and then it like forced the tires on and you know the wheels on a on a on a yeah. wheeled way weird way and they have to like unthread them and thread them back on again like oh what a mess. Yeah, it was What a mess. Oh, I I, I didn't even write it down. I mean, I just wrote Alonzo pit stop, but debacle uh, was what I couldn't. Yep. Because then he came out of the pits, had one hot lap, and then like immediately like spun in a weird corner that like no one really yep. spins. It was just. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh. All right. So. Yeah. What? Why is everybody having such a difficult time at this Singapore track? Can you can you break down to me what the factors are that are making this mm-hmm. track super undrivable? Because there's because Alonso also got his penalty for blowing through the pit entry yeah. line. Uh, I forget who else it was. Maybe it was George Russell. There was someone else who almost did the same exact thing. Um, I saw it somebody might have been make Max the, almost the same move, but they didn't. I think it was it Max might have been Verstappen. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it, so so what 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 was it that was making this course so particularly difficult for so many, mm-hmm. and of course particularly for Red Bull? So uh, uh, the the first thing is that it's a street course. It's a it's a street track, and these are city streets. Like if you look at any of the footage from the race, you'll see like painted street signs and painted like on the road signs. Lines on the road and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That they've had to like tar. It looks like they spray paint. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Yeah. It's like some like crazy. They've redacted. They've literally redacted the normal like street lines and, you know, pedestrian crosswalks and and Mm -hmm. whatnot off of the racetrack surface. You can just see like the perfect outline of exactly what used to be there um, down to like the angle of it. Like, so whatever technology they use or have developed for that is like remarkable because it just they don't have to then repaint those roads they i think that they just like deactivate they able to like, like peel that off it. yeah I, like, I i don't know but i don't i want to see the foot i want to see the footage of them like peeling the like you yeah. know tar layer off of that and it reveals pristine uh you know yeah street painted i sorry i'm i'm deeply fast i don't know if you've ever seen like the the, they don't paint this stuff with a brush they're always using like even when they're painting Mm -hmm. white lines it's using like white hot chemical concentrate stuff that they blast on and they're still able to do typography and symbols and shapes but it's like done surprisingly freehand yeah it's not the same time it's 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 crazy it's like a meld between cad and also like freestyle or some i don't know what the hell they're doing but um, but yeah, so that's part of it is that this track is is a, a made up of mostly regular roads that are used all the time by 
buses and cars and it's in the city state of Singapore. And I don't know about like, I don't know what regulations they have there. Like I know between my state, California and the state of New York, the state of New Jersey and like the state of South Carolina, things are vastly different. And like there are, you don't need, at least when I lived in South Carolina, you didn't need insurance to drive your car in South Carolina. You never needed to get your car insured. You just got it registered. Yeah, John. Really? Yeah, that's that's how that's how South and Carolina you... works. Yeah. Oh my god. Completely unregulated. So you can do whatever you want with your car or not do whatever you need to do with your car in a state like South Carolina. So if wow. I know that the city state of Singapore is much wealthier than the state of South Carolina and probably pays a lot closer attention to regulation than the state of South Carolina even. But I can imagine that there are some, it's a city, so like maybe cars are you know just dumping oil onto those surfaces that, or chemicals onto those surfaces that who knows, you know, where, where it came from, uh, or if it's like regulated or can be clean. So who knows? So it's, so it's like a slick and dirty, yeah, you know, greased up surface. So that's number one. That's literally the infrastructure, not even (laughs) the race itself. So secondly, it's a night race. It's a night race Mm -hmm. that happens. Cooler temperatures on the surface. Yep. But it's not a night race that's typical because the ambient temperature kind of remains the same. So the surface temperatures Mm. of the track actually don't vary that much. It's like a three degree Celsius temperature range versus like a place like Bahrain where it's like 10 degree difference or like. Uh, uh, or in Abu Dhabi where it's like a te- an eight degree difference or something like that between night and day. So Corey, I just, I just want to thank you yeah. for knowing <laughs> track surface temperature variations. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, this is, this that's, incre- that's incredibly useful here. Yeah, thank you. Incredibly useful here and here only. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's, it's, that's, that's another thing that exists uh, on the actual infrastructure itself. The temperature and ambient, like air temperature is so hot. John, you've been near the equator. You know what that feels like. Yeah. You've been near the equator yeah. on the ocean. And like that is Singapore is a little city state. It's like city state, I think, on the Indian Ocean, or I think that's what it's on. But it's just wild already. So it puts people at their like most unaware and unfamiliar, because a lot of these people are British born and European raised racers. Like very few of them have done like Japanese super formula, which doesn't even necessarily end up racing in like mm-hmm. the the most hot places. It's still kind of pseudo European with the way that they roll um, with their season. But anyways, it's, it's so different for everyone and they're not prepared for it. All the cars are not designed to like cars are basically designed to complete a Grand Prix, but they're not necessarily designed to complete like a Singapore Grand Prix, as we saw with a bunch of different cars mm-hmm. that had to retire. Uh, this is also why, ev- like everyone says, for the past 15 years, this has changed the way they train for F1, this specific race. Yep. They like tra- the drivers train to this tolerance of this race. And even that always falls short. And you get people 
finishing the race being completely they lose like five six pounds like you just lose five or six pounds in two hours you can't help it as a race car driver it's like the bare minimum some people lose more than that but it's like it's so hard so that's why you have that and then if you have a team like red bull that has been running their car super close to a track and they could only run in that configuration and then you have a track that like really punishes cars that ride super close to the ground and have curbs red bull really could not do anything with their setup um I, mm-hmm. I don't think this has anything to do with the technical directive everything that i've read every all the data that I like watched and looked through over the course of the weekend, like it just looks like they're floundering and they don't know. Also, this used mm-hmm. to happen to Merck. This happened to Merck during their dominant years. They showed yeah. up a couple of years yep. and Singapore just confounded them. So that's that's why we saw that. Um not that everyone is Red Bull and everyone suffers the same way, but I think specifically Red Bull suffered because of track conditions and the way their car is designed. So I'm here for it, baby. Corey, that's that's nice and all. <laughs> but to me, it was obvious that this is the end of the Red Bull dynasty. This right here, like it's not mm-hmm. even a gradual descent from here. Mm-hmm. This is it. It's mm-hmm. over for them. Fingers they're crossed. they're done. They might yeah. not even make it to the end of the season. Yeah. Let alone show up next season yeah. at all. Yeah. And the reign of Carlos Sainz has begun. Yep. That's and it. you know, yep. Ferrari has completely made a 180 degree U-turn. Mm-hmm. They are now the masterful uh team pivoting around brilliant strategic decision making mm-hmm. uh and you know uh total organizational competence yep and yeah it's from here on out the sport's going to be completely different yep and i uh i i for one salute i salute our new uh our our new our new <laughs> leaders in red <laughs> I am wearing red. I'm wearing all red as a celebratory, like, yeah, acknowledgement yeah. to, uh, yeah, to to the fact that, like, you know, Ferrari is now they're the they're the dominant ones. They're the ones that we need to be concerned about. Uh, on my on my group chat thread, somebody chimed in and said uh, it was eerie not to hear the Dutch national anthem yeah. after the race. Yeah, and uh, you know, and hey, that. Italian national anthem. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. God, I love. I, I was clapping abs- along. Absolutely lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you see those Ferrari engineers, you know, uh, mm-hmm. just like you know, singing their hearts out and whatnot. Waving I never the flag. Saw any, no, saw any stupid Red Bull people in their dumb blue shirts trying to sing along to. Does it even have words? Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> just you know, come on. Yeah, it really, it really. Give me, that, give me that, give me that beautiful national, that that Italian national anthem. Just lower me deep into the red ragu mm-hmm. of Scuderia Ferrari. Yeah, and uh, yeah, keep it, keep it going, fellas. Yep, I, I'm, and uh, I'm, hey, I'm you know, yeah, and and you know, Mercedes, nice to see them doing well. Yeah, nice to see them uh, 
kicking it around. McLaren looking looking hey, sharp. Hey, looking solid. Hey, even Piastri. Uh, you know, yeah. So we 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 got to talk about this. I don't know if you watched any of the the like the pre-race or any of like the free practice discussion around what's going on with McLaren here, but it looks what is going on as though McLaren has brought a C spec car. That is what Lando yeah. drove yeah. was a car yeah. Yeah, that yeah. is unlike the initial car that they had. Unlike the car yep. that has been quite dominant over the past few races, prior to the break and then after the break. And now it looks like right out of the box, their C-spec car is even better, even more dominant. So, yep. yeah. we And, Piastri and that's going to that. trickle down to Piastri soon, yep. right? Yep. And Piastri gets that next week uh, at the Japanese Grand Prix. Oh, nice. So we're going to Beautiful. get to see Piastri show back up. By the way, Oscar Piastri started this race at P18, there were 19 cars yeah. that started this race. He started one off the last car and finished this race in seventh in the points with yep. with a car. That, On like, a track where the, the overtaking is incredibly difficult. Yeah. Again, the, we're seeing with him, with Liam Lawson, uh, I, I think that we're seeing like glimpses of the next generation that is just below Max Verstappen yeah. and Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz and Alex Albon. Like, I think we're seeing these next guys really show up. It was heartbreaking to watch Yuki Sonoda not be able to do anything with yeah. Alpha Tower. Yeah. Because not to say that Liam Lawson's like some schlub, but like, I think Yuki knows that car probably at least as well as Liam Lawson. And if they got, yeah. they could have closed out ninth and 10th today if. Yuki was able to finish, but he ended up hitting Sergio Perez at the start of the Grand Prix and retired immediately. Like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was big, big bummer for me that. Yeah, that stunk. Yeah. Um, I'll also shout out to Esteban Ocon, the other guy screaming no yeah. at his car. He looked like he was on track potentially for a podium yep. at the point where his power unit just seemed to completely fail. Yep. At the end. Of and the for for him, yep. that's that's that would have been incredibly special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, kind of gut-wrenching to hear him you know, screaming at his steering wheel. Yeah, that that sucked. That's that that felt like it it gave me the same feeling as hearing Charles buried in the Yes, barriers. it was it was the it same. Was yes, yeah, same same exact thing. Yeah. The now the George Russell screaming no. Eh, I mean, uh, uh, I kind I kind of shrugged it off. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I like Russell's fine guy, solid racer. I don't know why he doesn't he doesn't pull at my heartstrings the way uh, some of the other drivers in the field do. And it was like, yeah, it wasn't enjoyable to me. It was just like slightly entertaining to even see like the post race interviews mm-hmm. with him, and he was like shaken to his core, like looked like he had just crawled out of like a, a crazy, like, you know, 
two week long heroin bender or something and could like yeah. barely make eye contact with the interviewer and was just like, I just, I just, it just, uh, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if I, I don't know if I screwed it up this way or if I screwed it up that way. I don't know how I even screwed it up. It just, yeah, I screwed it up. I'll, I'm sorry. I'll tell you why. And this is at least why I am very unsympathetic to George taking himself out of the race is there was a, a moment at lap 28 wrote this down, baby. And it was Bono coming over the radio to Lewis and being like, Hey, you know what? Let's let, the tire degradation do the work for us like everyone else's tires are going to go away we're on Mm -hmm. an alternate tire strategy we have fresh tires we know that there's a safety car that's like the implied part of this message and then lewis responds with uh agreed agreed and bono comes back onto the line and goes it'll come to us and then maybe like a minute of broadcast time passes And then George pipes up and you hear his radio broadcast. And I wrote it in all caps because this is what it sounded like. I want to win this race. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His race engineer was like, yeah, we're, we're, we're on the same page, mate. Like just came back very straightforward. And naturally just perfectly like highlighted like Lewis Hamilton's approach to this, which is like, okay. Okay. We're not in the best, spot but we're in a pretty good spot still let's let's just be patient we know how this race turns out we know how like this track eats up people's tires and we know ferrari has an issue with tire degradation Mm -hmm. so like we'll probably get them if we can get some fresh boots on and if there's a safety car or vsc we'll probably get there whatever this is lap 28 this is like a few laps after the initial safety car deployment which like reshuffled this race and actually made it quite interesting um up until lap like 20, it was like eh, everyone, like drivers were coming on the radio and being like, so uh, what's, uh, what's every do? Are we, are we going to grab like, uh, you guys want to grab like beers after this or what, what do we feel like doing? Uh, and all the race engineers were like, yeah, no, no, we'll get to that. Just <laughs> try not to drive too fast right now. <laughs> uh, and then safety car happens. Hmm. But then a few laps later, Lewis is coming on and being like, hmm. I think everyone else is like made like a pretty bad move here. I'm going to wait and let this race come to me. And George is like, I need the race. I need, I need it so bad. Yeah. Just need, <laughs> please give me the race. Please give me, I'll do anything. I'll do whatever you need me to do. Last, last time it was forecasted <laughs> to me. Yeah, I was promised last time. Remember you said yeah. last time. And uh. so this time. Yeah. It must be. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, when he went uh, out at the end, John, that's why I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sucks. Anyways, uh, is Lewis going to be able to pass Norris and win this rate? Like, yeah. that was like my immediate. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. 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 Uh, it, was, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And, it, and yeah. And I mean, it, and it really doesn't. You, you, I mean, you stated this before, but like, it really was obvious that Hamilton was like, pained that hamilton was probably like yeah somewhat thinking what i was thinking which was like oh russell couldn't you have like taken yourself out of the race like two laps <sighs> earlier yeah because that would have been uh because he quite yeah. literally there was i mean i know that it's not in real time that we get these radio messages that are actually yeah. broadcast to the world feed but hamilton did mention like hey 
George needs to pick up the pace. And it was like, oh, yep. like two laps prior to when George yeah. went off. So maybe George heard that. Maybe like uh, uh, Dudley, Marcus Dudley is the name of uh, of George's engineer, Duds. I want to make sure I, I, I like looked that up in the middle of the race, just especially after that uh, frantic uh, communication outside. I mean, that sounds like that's just got to be the most passive aggressive, super British chain of command yes. right there. And just like yes. being like, uh, you know, uh, George, uh, mm-hmm. maybe if uh, within your ability, mm-hmm. you could consider perhaps seeing if you could eke out only if possible, mm-hmm. just a little more performance. Uh, out of the car in favor of the driver that's following behind you, who is also your teammate. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the. I, I imagine that is the tone of duds. Um, it feels. It certainly freaking feels like it. Uh, but anyway, anyways. So toward- <laughs> and George and George and George is George is just responding to him, like just being like, uh, uh, "Hold on, write this down as I say it." Uh, to whom it may, and it just like goes, just goes like that for you yeah, know a yeah. lap or two or so. Yeah, uh, that, it was it was wonderful. Uh, there were a couple of like key moments in here where I was like, "Oh, I think." Mercedes is really going to challenge for a win here, or at least Hamilton looks like he could challenge mm-hmm. for a win. And it was when Red Bull, so their 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 strategy was completely screwed. They started on hard tires with a car that wasn't performing well. They were hoping to go a little later and get a safety car a little later or get a safety car a little earlier, but it happened at like the exact wrong moment for them. So their strategy was kind of screwed, but they ended up putting on the medium tires and those medium tires performed quite well like fast lap not fast lap but like the 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 push lap that verstappen put in after that after he first put those mediums on was a 137 and it's like oh okay so if red bull can do 137s with the medium tire mercedes can do 137s or better and then like as soon as Lewis put those medium tires on, uh, and George too, they like started putting in one thirty fives, like straight out of the box. So they had this like perfect window. Um, it was, it was a really good strategy run by Mercedes. I mean, this was started back in qualifying. This is this is this yeah. started in yeah, yeah. in, in yep. qualifying. That's a good point. So they had that extra set of mediums. They didn't just. They didn't just fall out of the Pirelli tent. Mm-hmm. They were, yeah, something that they had specifically held on to. Which I was, uh, I was panicked, John. By Q two, I was like, guys, why are you, why are you, why are you letting everybody else get like a free lap in? <laughs> Come on, what's going mm-hmm. on? But it just so happened that they knew that they would have a fresh set of mediums if there was a specific time when they could put those on without losing a spot on yep. the the track. So well, let me let me ask this. If they held the position on the ragged tires, mm-hmm. do we think there's a chance that they could have held on to them and maybe stayed in that sort of like second position slot on the podium? 
maybe Lewis did mention something about this in the post race interview uh, and like the press conference where he was like, yeah, if I was in Georgia's spot, I may have, I may have stayed out. I may have like not, I may have like kept track position. So yep. he hinted at that a little bit. Um, and Leclerc did also hint at like swapping tires after Mercedes swapped onto mediums. He independent of Mercedes decision, like, Radio did and was like, "Hey, should we pit for mediums?" And uh, Javi came back over the line and was like, "No, no, we're gonna stay with. We don't have like, we'll come back out in traffic." Um, and by that mm-hmm. means, like, you would lose probably twelve places <laughs> on a track that's very hard. Jesus, to- <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like if if signs had pit before that safety car he would have come out in 17th place. That was like what, that was the loss of like first by a second you pit to change tires. You come back out in 17th place out of 19 cars. Like that's not a, yeah, that's tricky. That's tricky. Um, I think Mercedes might be, they might be underplaying what's going on. That's kind of what I feel like. Uh, their car is looking a lot faster, especially in race form, than they mm-hmm. like let on. This feels like the old Mercedes kind of way of doing things of just being like, "Yeah, we're gonna do okay." And it's like, oh wait, they're they're challenging for like not just a podium but a, a potential win. Like that's a that's an interesting way of underplaying your hand of being like, "Yeah, I think we look okay this weekend." So I don't know though, man. What do you think? I think Formula Nomax yeah. looks wild. I just want this every we've weekend. got my God, I just want this. Every we've weekend. got in the constructor standings, we have twenty-four points separating mm-hmm. Mercedes and Ferrari. Mm-hmm. In the driver's standings. Yeah. We have hey. 10 points between Hamilton and Alonzo. And that's and then Hamilton is now over another, Alonso. He's now beating Alonzo because yep. of Alonzo's performance now, this weekend. Yeah. He's now beating Alonzo. And then it's only 28 more points to Carlito. Yeah. Yeah. Another 19 points to Charles Leclerc. I mean, that's we've got from from in Formula Nomax from fifth place to first place mm-hmm. is only a spread of 71 points, which could change wildly. Yeah, that could change over the course of like two races. That's two races that could change everything. Uh, but yeah. And then you have like a further, like a hundred and some odd points to Max Verstappen. And then like another, like 80 points to Sergio Perez, which is like fine. You know, it's fine. Um, uh, yeah. Ah, it was, it was so great to hear. First of all, Max Verstappen proved himself to be the worst sorest of sore losers 
like when he went out in Q2, which by the way, Liam Lawson was the one who uh, bumped him out. Yeah. Heads, heads up. That's right. I don't know if that is like any yep. sort of foreshadowing or I don't know, but like it, yeah. it certainly felt like it. Um, uh, maybe that's just me, what I want to believe. But when he got bumped out. I love it. Max, I love it so much. Max is such a sore loser. He is such a baby. He is such an immature little child that he couldn't even wait to get out of his car. They usually, when you go out in qualifying, they push the car back into the garage and then the driver gets out. Max started crawling out of his car while they were trying to push it back into the garage. Like they had to stop pushing the car Mm -hmm. into the garage because Max had to get his little diaper changed uh, as quick as he possibly could. Yeah. Like it was like, oh, it was such a like perfect example of like this is the way that other people conduct themselves versus how max conducts himself not even saying who the other people are i'm just saying how other people love it. conduct themselves any other pick any other person any other person who drives at the top tier in an in in a formula 1 car and there are several when they have bad weekends when they have a bad session do they quite literally try to like scramble out of their car and run away? Or do they get out of the car, go over to their engineer and try to talk about what just happened? Mm-hmm. There are some people who do the professional thing. And then there's one person who does the least professional thing you could possibly do. And that's our world champion. That's our current world champion. So I'll give Max his flowers when he deserves it. Not for much longer, yeah, Corey. Yeah. Not for much longer. Yeah. Not for much longer. This is, I'm telling you, this is the end. Ah. It's all over now. Yeah. If there's a way that they now begins somehow. the era yeah. of yeah, Carlos. Carlito. Carlos is. is oh. Whew. We'll see. We will see. Uh, so who, who, who else? Was there like anything super surprising that happened this weekend, Johnny? Um, or what was other than. It being a very entertaining Grand Prix, because it was very entertaining. But was there anything that like was like whoa? Uh, I'm trying to think. There wasn't that much else that stood out to me. Let me see. I mean, there's some some other stuff. Uh, what was it? Uh, K Mag had a great yeah showing in yep. the in the Haas. Yep, that was cool to see. Very much so. Very much uh, so. We had uh, Logan Sargent testing Ugh. the elasticity of his diplomatic immunity. Yeah, I'm gonna still, I'm still gonna hold on to Logan. Start Logan Sargent sticks around, and I've already seen the image online of uh, Logan Sargent's profile picture but they superimpose it. So he's standing in front of a wall and then on the wall behind him is cast the, the shadow of the goat, uh, yeah. in, in yeah. true yeah. goat, goat teefy form. Yeah. Um, so that could be, that may just be the long, you know, that may be the long standing thing. I, I think for right now, I think we're going to still see 
Logan Sargent in 2024. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's possible. Well, it's not. It's possible. Not a. It's not. It has not been a strong showing. No, it has not. Um, and there, there is. I mean, Liam Lawson has showed up. He's another person who's in like the Red Bull driver system who could maybe get yep. like bumped over to a Williams seat uh, and completely dominate. I mean, it's a different situation than what happened with Albon, but who knows? Um, no, I think I think uh, I think Red Bull will sacrifice whoever they have to sacrifice to keep. Yeah. Lawson around. I think that's clear because I think that's yeah. also like that's part of their whole strategy or goal. It's like any other kind of predatory yeah. business operation where they're like someone who's an incredibly good employee is like that's valuable. But a young valuable like you know employee that doesn't understand their own worth yet yeah that's the that's the gold right there that's what you really want yeah you want to get you want to you want to get your your hooks deep into that liam lawson it's true you want him you want to train him and mold him to be whatever you want to be you want to stockholm syndrome the shit out of that guy yep Yep, and my young yeah. apprentice style. Yeah, just he's they got to get him in. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Um, yep. So let the real let's let's. I think that's that's crack to them. They'll they'll be like what, Ricardo, who Yuki, who whatever. Yeah, we don't care. Yeah, it's this kid who's like dominating, who is a New Zealander again, like another like like another kiwi another like way to be like oh we could like mm-hmm. bring in a new like marketing aspect of this like there's a lot that can go into liam lawson's ascension within wet uh, red bull um so yep. le- real we got to go back real quick uh verstappen ended up doing very well by the end of this race what did he end up doing finished like fifth um uh after qualifying so far down the line uh but he should have qualified further down the line john but Alpha Tauri did not right. make a stink about some shenanigans. Yeah. Yuki Sonoda getting blocked, who also like Yuki Sonoda is like, yeah. as we were just discussing, like he's kind of fighting for his seat right now. It's a, between him and Daniel Ricardo. When Ricardo gets healthy and is ready to come back, does Yuki have a job next year if like Ricardo scores like more points? Uh, I don't know because Yuki's only scored four points. Liam Lawson has now mm-hmm. scored two. If Liam Lawson scores two more next week in Japan of all places on Yuki Sonoda's home yeah. turf, like that, this is we're getting to a point of where things Ugh. can get pretty gross and bad here. Uh, so, yep, I, I'm 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 worried about Yuki Sonoda. Uh, I'm worried that the fact that like Alpha Tauri didn't go to bat for him when Max Verstappen clearly impeded him and stopped him from qualifying in a car that actually could have scored real championship points for their team. Like they didn't back him then, which also resulted in Verstappen not getting penalized. He should have at least had a three place grid penalty for impeding. It was like a locked up job. Anyone can see that he impeded Yuki Sonoda. 
yeah, maybe he impeded George at the end of the pit lane and he stopped there or whatever while the tail end of the track was clearing. That's debatable. That happens. There's wiggle room there. There's no wiggle room with the way that he impeded Yuki Tsunoda in qualifying. Yeah. And he should have gotten a penalty. The fact that he didn't is gross. It shines a light on either awful, terrible collusion, open, obvious collusion between Red Bull and Alpha Tauri, or gross and terrible negligence on the FIA's ability to actually fairly judge and assess and deliver penalties how they should be. So bad either way. Bad either way. Hey, I mean, I just put it out there, you know, how how do you want to be tangling up on the track? Do you want to be more like Red Bull and AlphaTauri? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to be like Carlos Sainz yeah. and Lando Norris? Yeah. You know, yeah. like Yeah. Yeah. That's like one of one of those things is gross. Mm-hmm. The other one is uh, it's very it's very appealing it's wonderful yeah yeah it's a wonderful and exciting thing oh uh, yeah yeah uh, absolutely so uh but otherwise that that was something that like stuck out to me over the course of the weekend yeah that's a good that's a good that's a good call that's a really good call was there anything else that uh that that caught your eye not really i mean there was the <laughs> the charles leclerc after uh like that like I think it was like that first lap in Q3, like just fully just coming on the radio and being like, uh, I fucked up. And Zavi coming back on the radio and just being like, yeah. And like, that was it. Like there was no like, yep. follow-up. Yep, yep, it's yep, like, yep, yep. oh Jesus, you're just going to say yeah and not go like, yeah, but it's okay. We're fine. We're still in the top three. Like it was mm-hmm. just a like, yeah. Yes. You, you did. If you had qualified second on the grid, maybe we could have <laughs> saved you. But now. You just said what happened. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And as a result, we did get Charles Leclerc finishing fourth after Georgie boy mm. crashed out, but like he would have finished fifth. Um, uh, and like Leclerc, you did. You, unfortunately you did can, kind of earn your fifth spot. Yeah. Your fourth spot. Can we, can we just keep calling him Georgie boy? Yeah. Georgie boy. Can we just, can that just be, yes. I mean, car, we got Carlito. Uh-huh. Got Chuck. Mm-hmm. We got Georgie boy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Georgie Boy deserves that. I love it. Uh, Carlito doesn't necessarily deserve He deserves it only because he is Carlos Sainz Jr. So he's quite literally little Carlos. He's Carlito. He's little. Like, it's not a. That's not. I'm not saying that to be, like, dismissive of him. He's Carlito. I would never say that to his face. And in fact, someone like did say that to his face during like while do like trying to do like a walk and talk interview, and he was like, "What did you just call me?" Really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think someone was like, "Hey, Carlito," and he was like, "What did you just call me?" <laughs> he was like, "Oh, oh, he he doesn't like that." Okay, I'll remember that. Um, I'll never meet him, probably, wow. but I'll remember not to call him Carlito, or at least I'll bring it up. Corey, you could you could get him to embrace. Yeah. 
Carlito. I think so. I, you have, I hope you so. have a way. You have a way. You could you could get him to to embrace it. Uh, all right. Well, and regardless, it's it's hype. It's hyper. It's just it's it's too yeah. it's too appropriate. And to me, it comes. Uh, it's uh, completely inseparable from uh, Brian De Palma's uh, wonderful film mm-hmm. Carlito's Way, and just him embodying the spirit of a scrappy, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, New York criminal, yeah, I think yes. of I, I think of Puerto Rican descent. I think that is what he played by Al Pacino. Naturally, of course, you know, yeah, yeah, naturally. yeah, yeah. Not, not. Yeah. There's no, yeah. There's no real. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot uh, of crossed wires in there. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, Johnny, what do you think? I mean, this is, feels like the most obvious. <sighs> Hockey stick. Yeah. Straight, straight to, the moon. to the moon. Yeah. This is game stonk. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. The, the form the form the Formula One stock yeah. is through the roof. It's never gonna stop going through the roof because this is like I said, this is the new era. It's just gonna keep going. This is John, you know what I have mentioned. Nothing this is? will be nothing will be like the races before. They yeah. will only be like Yeah. The Singapore Grand Prix from now yes. on. Pre-Singapore and post-Singapore. This is like a, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> so I'm imagining like the Kool-Aid man, like shooting through the roof. Yes. And just going yeah, up yeah, to space. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Like that's just, yep. he's just going yep. forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what it felt like. Uh, I have rarely been so excited for a grand prix after qualifying and like i've watched a ton of amazing qualifying i've i've been very excited for grand prix but i can't remember the last time i've been like oh my god it's on i mean totally worth noting that on a technical basis mm-hmm. this race was not as exciting or dramatic as several others yeah. that we've seen this season yeah or pivotal or as it, yeah. yeah, like this race, Max Verstappen all basically the whole thing was like he did if he 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 almost could have won like the drivers' championship this weekend. He, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have. He could have. Yeah. He actually could. There was there was scenarios or circumstances yeah. where he could have locked it up. And beautiful to me that we had the exact inverse yeah. happen. And uh, that's great. I don't mean to take joy from others' failure I'll, or lack of success, but this. Oh was, no! I'll, I'll yeah, I'll do that with Max Verstappen and Christian Horner and Red Bull. I mean those those, yeah, those specific this is pure concentrated joy, yeah. Especially after the week of you know helmet Marco and all yeah. of that, like yeah. I mean, it sucks that Perez had felt- a, had a bad week because he uh, he he was already having quite a bad week. Um, yeah, but quite true, quite true. But Perez but also still won like, the Singapore. Like- he, he won this last year. He won the Singapore Grand Prix last yeah. year. So like, I'm not I'm not like oh poor car- like uh, I'm poor Perez. Just- like he, he won it. He won it. It just felt like, uh, I don't know. It felt like the sort of like narrative setting was perfect mm-hmm. for everything to unfold. Yeah. The way that it did. There was even rumors of like light rain at some point. I was like, oh my God, are we going to Oh, get that's light? right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was, yep. it could not yep. have been, yeah, more, more perfect. Uh, 
God, it was it was so good. <laughs> I love the way I love the way you just described the like light rain as if like the the DJ put on the perfect record at the perfect time. You're just like, and then and then they got over the the intercom and they said, "We think there might be some light rain in about five minutes." Quiet storm yeah. descending on the yeah. Singapore Grand Prix. It was ooh. And everyone in the place just went insane. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh god. It was like uh oh what a, what's what's what a, what a blissful race. What's the what's the the skit right before um it's on only built for Cuban links. Uh rainy days. It's that it's that like yeah, 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 yeah. That's like where where this race could have been. John John Woo action. Uh-huh, yep, uh-huh. yep, yep. Um, Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. So super super impressed with this race. Super impressed with <laughs> everyone's <laughs> performance. Just love. Just no notes. Uh, no notes. Loved it. Loved it through yes. and through. More, more, please. Oh uh, my God! Uh, if it was one lap longer, or if George had crashed one lap earlier. And crashed like safely. Like also Lewis didn't ask how he was until like well after the race was over. And I was like, oh, that's kind of bad. And then I saw I went back and rewatched the footage of like Russell crashing. And I was like, oh yeah, no, there was like he was fine. Like Lewis saw that happen. Yeah. He saw exactly what happened. And it was like the most gentle yep. of like, eh, gently tapped like the wall, blew my suspension out, and then just like coasted into the barriers yeah. and like he was fine. So I did. I was a little bit worried there. There were some moments earlier in the race where Lewis looked like the villain, where he like blew by Norris and Russell on that first lap. And then on the radio, I, I was listening. Lewis was like, hey, do I have to give the spot back? Hey, what's going on? And then when he had to give it back, he just immediately gave it back. He didn't like dilly dally or try and like build out some sort of advantage because of it. He just gave those spots back. But Hey, if he didn't, mm-hmm. if he didn't give those spots back, what might have been? But it happens. It happens. It was a gamble. All right, Johnny, let's get out of here. This has been a late night recording. We both enjoyed our sweet, delicious, celebratory Oof. wines. And uh, yes, it was wonderful revisiting this race with you, Corey. This was this was lovely. Yeah, truly, John. I bet it's oh. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go see if I can find uh, Carlito's way on any of my favorite streaming platforms, mm-hmm. and uh, just fall fall asleep. Just try and yeah. fall asleep. To Carlito's yeah, just way. just nod off. <laughs> yeah, fall asleep. And as always, when falling asleep during Carlito's way, you always you can sleep through the entire oh, yeah. final climax, mm-hmm. but you still wake up. When John Leguizamo pops up and goes, it's me, Benny Blanco from the Bronx. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wonderful. Uh, no, um, no, not not John, not yes, not, not John Leguizamo. Um, no, it's John Leguizamo. There is also Luis Guzman. Oh yeah, Luis Guzman's in that. He's not Benny. He's in there. Is he Benny? Benny Blanco from the like Bronx. He's like Benny's like hype man, isn't he? Or I think something? so. You know what, John? Looks like I also have to rewatch Carlito's Way. Maybe we'll both fall asleep to Carlito's Way tonight. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> and then get startled awake Sounds by John Leguizamo. Um, 
Yep. Where where can uh, where can these fine folks track you down out there in the world? Uh, you'll find me somewhere between Hulu and <laughs> you know uh, and Showtime, the Showtime <laughs> streaming platform. It's, I'm going to the weird ones. Oh uh, yeah, looking for. I assume for that's where it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Co- Corey, where can the folks find you? Uh, you can always find me on cable access or uh, whatever uh, <laughs> channel one news, uh, whatever your local local news is. Yep. Um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, track me down there. Uh, all right, John, let's uh, let's catch up with them the next time. <laughs> Just like they'll catch up with us the next time on these F1 files. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs>